more. I'm super excited to get into this teaching because our God is a good God. He is a good, good God. And we praise him and we bless him and we thank him that he forgives all of our sins. We thank him that he heals all of our diseases. We thank him that he renews our youth like the eagles. We thank him that he satisfies our mouth with good things. We thank him for his loving kindness and his tender mercy. We thank him that we have been made righteous. We thank him that we are complete in him. We are completing him. Now I'm going to pray because I am so excited about this teaching and I hope you are too. You remember last week, if you were here last week, we talked about a different Me Too movement, how the first Me Too movement was about bringing things out of the dark that allowed people to walk in freedom. But this Me Too movement is about following after those who through faith and patience have received the promise. And many of you all week, I saw you talking about your progress will have no ends. And then you would say, hashtag me too. It's a different me too movement because let me tell you something. God has progress for you. It is his will for you to progress. It is his will for you to get wiser. It is his will for you to have more favor. It is his will for your accounts to increase. It is his will for your marriage to get better. It is his will for your relationship with your kids to get better. It is his will for you to be stronger. The Bible says that Moses, when he was 120, his eyes did not dim. The Bible says that when Caleb was 80, he took the mountain. He took the promised land. You need to get your expectation up that the God that you serve, that raised Jesus from the dead, that his spirit lives on the inside of you, that his whole desire is to cause us to have progress with no end. Amen. Progress with no end. Tell your neighbor, say, we're getting better and better every day. Better and better. Every we're day. getting better and better every day. We're getting stronger. We're getting wiser. We're becoming more obedient. We hear him clear. Our progress shall have no end. Amen. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We honor you today. You are such a good God. You are Jireh. You have provided every single thing that we need, whether we need favor or salvation or righteousness or holiness or instruction or supernatural provision or miracles or just comfort, a hug. You provide everything we need. And for that, we say thank you. Now, Father, you said that anytime we can see here and understand that we should be converted and we be, should be healed. So we make a bold declaration today that as this word goes forth that we are going to our next level we are not a people who are satisfied stuck at one level our desire is to have progress and yeah. to increase and to know the ephesians 320 life where we see you do exceeding abundantly above according to the power that worketh in us and we ask you just like we asked you last week make us a billboard of your goodness mm -hmm. in jesus name we pray Amen. 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 Listen, I was out last week, but one thing I know for sure is that I am enjoying how God is bookending this year for us. We yes. began this year with the prophetic word that he gave us about what to expect in 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, and part of that um Part of that prophetic word he gave us, we wrapped it up by saying it like this, that this was going to be our year of great progress. 
that this was going to be the year that victories were going to pile up yes. one after another. Yes. Uh, we read the scripture that says things were going to happen so fast Your head that our head would spin. That God would do so many wonderful and miraculous things for us. And, and if you're out there and you're listening this morning and you know that God has done some miraculous things for you, then you ought to go ahead and type in the comment section this morning. It's me. It's if you me. know God has done something miraculous for you, you ought to be testifying and saying this morning, it is me, Pastor Edwin. It's me, Pastor Sean. The Lord has done something great for me. The prophetic word said to us, it says that we were blessed. It says that we are, we were ready and that we shall win. We shall that win. That word shall is one of those legal terms, which means ain't no stopping it. When God declares it, it shall be so. And we were talking, you know, we were on vacation this week and we were just talking as we were walking one of those days and we were saying, hey, look, let's, let's stop and pause and look at where we are this year in everything in our life compared to where we were last year. And last year, we thought was great. We thought 2021 was a great year. Uh, 2020 was a great year. The Lord really brought us through the pandemic and caused us to prosper as a ministry, to prosper as a couple, to prosper as a family, to prosper as a church family. But 2022 is shaping up to be even better than 20 and, tw than 20 and 21. And so we got to go back to this idea that God really wants us to our progress to have no end. He didn't want to be like, okay, 2022 was the best year. And then you live another 30 years, but 2022 was the best it ever got. Right. right. He doesn't want that to happen. He wants us to progress every single year. And so last Sunday I was in class, but you got to preach it so good. I had to get up and leave class and, and, and turn my volume up and, and, and hear what you were saying, because I could tell from the comments that it was really good. And when I tuned on, it surely was. And so uh, I, I just, I'm just excited that you decided to come back and continue teaching this because you didn't finish your notes. Uh, I didn't even get close. You didn't get close. And so I'm excited and I hope you guys are excited uh, to, to hear what thus saith the Lord one more time about your progress having no, no end. end. Having no end. Say that. Say, my progress shall have no mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. My progress shall have no end. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, when I was literally almost done, you used one of our favorite scriptures. And I said, let me get on offer here because you just want me to keep preaching. <laughs> and I think it's the scripture you're going to start with today, I, right? I want to start with it because I think it encapsulates everything you were saying. You know, I was probably behind on the broadcast. So when I posted that, you had said something reminded me of I didn't realize you were at the end uh, of the message. But I want us to go to Psalms 119. Psalms 119.96 in the Amplified. I, I, I simply love this scripture for what the psalmist was trying to express when he wrote it, right? Because it says this, it says, I have seen that all human perfection. Now, notice that we always talk about how nothing's, nothing's perfect. But he was saying, if you could take the most perfect thing you've ever seen, that was created by human hands. No matter how marvelous, no matter how magnificent, no matter how much you esteem it, he says it has an end to its perfection. It has an end to its perfection. He says, I've seen that all human perfection has its what? Limits. Limits. No matter how great it is, it's a limit to where it goes. It has a beginning and it has an end. He says, no matter how grand, and perfect and noble. He says, but your commandment, he says, 
God, he's talking to God here. He's, he's singing this song to God and he says, God, your commandment, not just the 10 commandments, but whatever you say, God, whatever you declare out of your mouth, that word that proceeds out of your mouth, God, is exceedingly broad. In other words, when God says something, it doesn't have a narrow focus. It may be for you, but the word is so potent that anybody who grabs hold to it, it'll benefit in their life too. So when you say, hey, y'all, 2022 is my year of great progress, then I can say, wait a minute, that's a word from the Lord. It's my year of great progress too, because his word is exceedingly broad. He says, and it does what? It extends without limits. What? Into eternity. So it's going to be my year of great progress, not just in 2022, but even when I step into heaven. Even when I step in. Even when I step into heaven, I'm still not going to have any limits to what God wants to do for me. And so when I heard you say this, our progress will have no end, I thought, man, that is exactly what the psalmist was singing when he was saying, Lord, your commandment is exceedingly broad and it is without limits even into eternity. So I thought of two things when you said this. Mm -hmm. Okay, so before this series, we talked about overcoming adversity. Mm -hmm. And if you have the mindset that your life is supposed to be a life of continual progress, then adversity doesn't bother you. No. Why? Because adversity is temporary. I need somebody to prophesy that in your situation right now. Adversity is temporary. Adversity has a limit, but his commandment is exceedingly broad and it has no limits. So literally when I am in a situation where I seem to be contained, I seem to be contained by financial restriction. Mm -hmm. I seem to be contained by what the doctors say they can do. I seem to be contained by what the economy. I can get a word from God and I can use that word of Mm -hmm. God to break my containment. The word of God is designed to break your containment. However life has tried to contain you, however um, adversity has tried to contain you. The word of God is designed to break your containment. So whatever you, whatever seems to be limiting you to you today. And I want to say this because we have some people this year who have bought houses. Mm-hmm. We have some people this year who have sold houses. Mm-hmm. And we have some people this year who are looking for houses. Yep. And when I was at the women's conference, Pastor Cynthia says she said something so good to the Lord that I thought was a great way to pray for a house. She said when they were looking for their last house, you know, mom and dad had looked a lot of years and they couldn't find a house. She said, finally, this is what she said. She said, Lord, someone is living in the house that you have prepared for me. Mm. She said, so what I need you to do is to show them the next thing you have prepared for them so they will release my house so I can live in. I love it. She goes, somebody gets somebody who is not even her realtor. I think she says she actually finds calls says, I want to go and see it. The people have made. Maybe it's back. All right. Okay. So 
man, this testimony is good. So can y'all hear? Because I want to finish this. They can hear you now. They can hear. Okay. So she goes into this house. These people have just done all of these modifications, including putting an elevator in, which is what she needed for her mother. She asked them, why do you want to sell this house? And they said, we don't know. We just feel like God has something better for us. Amen. They sold the house and she got the house. So for those of you who feel like you've been looking and you don't, you, you haven't necessarily gotten a word to build, you should say to the Lord, Lord, someone's living in the house that you have for me next. And so I want you to send them to their next so I can find the house that you have for me next. Your progress shall have no end. Yeah. One of the things I remember the Lord told me years ago about adversity, you, men you mentioned adversity being temporary. He said adversities are just sideshow distractions. He said if you decide to pay attention to them, they become large in your life. If you ignore them, that you pass them by. And I just remember thinking that whenever adversity comes, it's just a sideshow distraction that literally is something that's happening on the side. I am focused on the path God has put me on. And when adversity comes, it's really just trying to grab my attention. Adversity is never really on the path that God has for me. Adversity is always on the side. The problem is we turn off the path and get focused on the adversity, and then we actually go toward the adversity. You he see the, people the, doing the, driving. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the wreck is over here. Yep. Your path is here. Yep. You can't even drive for looking over there, seeing what they're doing. And God. then you end up crashing on your path. On your path. Because you are focused on the sideshow distraction. Those sideshow distractions. The other thing I thought about when you were reading that scripture, having no limits, there was a movie called Limitless. Mm -hmm. And the in the movie, the guy would take a pill yep. and he would have access to all of this information. He could learn fast. All, all of, of his brain, power. all of his brain power was activated in this. I want you to know that the word of God, that the commandments of God, they are your limitless pill. Yep. What you should not be able to do because of your race, what you should not be able to do because of your gender, what you should not be able to do because of your income at your job, what you should not be able to do because of your past, what you should not be able to do because of your economy or the country that you live in. If you will take the word as medicine, mm -hmm. it will make you limitless and you will become a testimony because they will say, Amy, how did you do that? And you will say the word. Word of God has no limits. Mm -hmm. And they will say, Shantae, how did you overcome that? And you will say, the word of God has no limits. Take the word of God mm -hmm. and break all the limits in your Amen. life. Amen. Amen. Listen, Amen. Proverbs 4 and 12, which is our foundational scripture mm -hmm. here in the Passion. Because mm -hmm. in case you're like, where is this in the Bible? Mm -hmm. Your progress will have no limits. When? 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 When, guys? When, when will your promise happen? Along. Come on. When you come along with the Lord, with me, <laughs> and you will never stumble as you walk along the way. He says, "This is God's desire for us. His desire for us. He always desired." that your 28 of our marriage would be better than your 27. Yes, yes. He always designed that your 50 of our life would be better than your 49. It is his desire that our progress would have no limits. And many of us need to wake ourselves up 
from settling in comfort zones. They were temporary dwelling places that the Lord never intended for us to stay. He always wants us to go from faith to faith to faith, from glory to glory to glory. He literally wants our life to be like this, that you come into a place, you step into an income level, you step into a marriage intimacy level, you step into a level of wisdom that's amazing to you, and then it becomes normal, and then you use your faith to go to the next level. Amen? Amen. You know, it's something that it's something so interesting when you read in the Old Testament, they had a very black and white model about blessings and curses. Yes. It was like, if you follow God, you will be blessed. If you turn from God, you, you will be, be cursed. You won't be. Right? It, 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 I mean, they were very clear on that. And so with this next scripture that we look at is in Psalms 115. And in Psalms 115, verse 14, he amplified he literally says what you what 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 they just what Solomon was saying in in the proverbs. He says, "May the Lord give you what great great increase great increase, but not just you, but for you and your what children." children. And then the next verse in that, which I don't know that I may not have it. It says this. It says, "May you be blessed." May you be empowered to prosper. May you be blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And then verse, uh, I believe it's verse 16 says, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but, but the, the earth has he given to the children of men. He says, now look, he says, God has made a replica of what's in heaven. And he's going to take care of the eternity part. But because you come from eternity and you live in the earth, I'm going to now make it possible for you to experience what the Bible says, what the Bible calls days of heaven, heaven on, on earth. earth. He says, because the heaven belong to the Lord, but the earth has been given to the children of men. He says, you don't have to have a bad, you don't have to have an oh my God transition when you leave earth and step into heaven. Oh, that's good. He says, I can create such a divine life for you that when you transition from earth to heaven, it's seamless. It's a smooth transition. Why? Because increase has always been on my heart for my children. Oh, always. I'm so glad you back here preaching this with it's me today. Always. Increase has always been on God's heart for us. It's why he said, may the Lord give you great increase, both you and your children. And then your children can give it to their children and their children and their children. Listen, if you will today, I need you to do this by faith. I just need you to stretch your arms out. You need to stretch because you need to stretch mm. because you need to stretch your capacity to receive increase. You need to stretch your expectation. I'm prophesying to you right now. You are breaking out of the days where you live paycheck to paycheck. You are breaking out of the days where needing new tires sets you back. You are breaking Come out on. of the days Amen. where you cannot go on vacation and so a $1,000 seed. You are breaking out of those days. You are coming into a new place. Why? Because God's will for you is progress. Where are my stretchers this morning? Because God needs some people that will say, mm -hmm. you can do it in me. God needs some people that will say, me too. God needs some people that will say, we have walked around this mountain of insufficiency. We have walked around this struggle in our marriage. We have walked around this crazy job too long. God has progress. Mm -hmm. 
God has progress. It's the year of great progress. It is the year of God's uh, great progress. Mm -hmm. And I love this. Think about this. Isaiah 119 in the NASB, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. Mm. So many times people reach out to us and they say, I don't know how to get God's best. Mm -hmm. Obey. Do the thing he told you to do right now. Do the thing. So many people, you said something so good on the way over here. Do you remember what you said when we were, when I was talking about how for me, it's always interesting because I was a heathen and then I was in church. Mm -hmm. And so when I was a heathen, I didn't ask God what to do about stuff. I did what I thought I was right. Right. And then I asked God to help me once I had made a mess. Right. But I'm always fascinated by people who hear from God, ask God, should they do something and then still don't do the thing he told them to do. And what did you say? Well, I was talking about the fact that it's really a level of immaturity and I was comparing it to a child. You know, if you grew up in a two parent household or even a one parent household or maybe you had a grandmother, you had two adults in the house who could tell you yes or no. Most kids learn very, very early until you teach them not to do it, that they'll ask one parent, can they do something? And that parent may say no. Well, the thing that kid, you don't even have to tell them the thing they naturally know to do is to go ask the other parent and they go ask the other parent and, and, and that other parent may say no as well. And then depending on the, the, the personality of that child, the child may decide to just go ahead and do what they were going to do anyway. And I was saying that the reason they do that is because they're immature. They were never really looking for permission. They was looking for agreement. And I said that when, we, mm. when, we're, when we're kids and we're immature in the word, we will literally ask God, can we do something or can we have something? And he will say no. And we will go do it anyway because we were never asking God for permission. We was asking for his agreement. When and, you and, said and, specifically and, we were asking for a yes. For, yeah, we were asking for a yes. We were, we, were, we were searching. And so it's like, okay, I asked God and God said no. So I'm going to ask my friend what they think. My, my best friend said no. So I'm going to ask my acquaintance. Well, my acquaintance said, yeah, girl, if I was you, I'd do that. Okay, that's my yes. So now I'm validated in doing what I was going to do anyway. I was going to do it no matter oh. what. I was going to date him. I was going to date her. I was going to take the job. I was going to move. I wasn't going to that church. It didn't matter that God said that was the place I was supposed to be. I was going to do what I was going to do. I was just looking for anything to agree. And if I can't get God to agree with me, and if I can't get my best friend to agree with me, and I can't get my best acquaintance to agree with me, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask myself what I think. Mm. And then I'm going to agree to do what I want to do based on what myself told me. So now that I, now that I ask myself if I can date him, now that I ask myself if I could date her, and myself say now it. that I ask myself if I could take the job, and now that myself said yes, now self has become the god of my life. And that's what he said this morning. On because the I have now exalted, I have now exalted what I was going to do anyway above the above El Elyon, the God of this entire universe. But I, I didn't really go to God because I loved him. I didn't really go to God because I wanted to, 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 to please him. I just needed God to agree with me because I was already decided what I was going to do. I had already decided. And I said, that's the problem in the church today. 
people are living their life asking God to come alongside them. But go back to the scripture, just so we're clear. Go back to the scripture in Proverbs 4 and 12, because reading is fundamental. It's fundamental. So in, Pro so in Proverbs 4 and 12, it says your progress will have no limits when, when you, you come, come along, along with me. me. But what we want to do is we say our progress shouldn't have no limits. God, come on over here with me. See, see, reading fundamental. We flipped it and we say we want to progress, but God, we want you to come along with us. We want to progress this way. Yes. And we, if you see people say it all the time on social media, I want the Lord to bless my path. What if that ain't the path you're supposed right. to be on? And I think this is a great example. Because the Bible says lean not to your own understanding. But acknowledge him. In all your ways. In other words, you don't, you too silly to progress. You, you, <laughs> you, you ain't got enough sense to make it. You need to be leaning on the Lord. And the Bible also says there is a way that seemeth right, but ends in destruction. If you want to live this life of great progress, it has to become important to you. It has to become a necessity to you to know what God is saying for your life and to do that. Here is a great example. We went to New York this week because Jordan wanted to go to New York for her birthday. Yep. We ended up, thank Vest came and met us and took us to Harlem. Yep. When we were in Harlem, we literally saw the school that had offered you a job mm -hmm. several years ago. Mm -hmm. That job seemed to be a perfect job for you. And then Vest brought somebody who lived in Harlem and that guy um, Terrell began to take us on a tour of Har Harlem, show us the Apollo, show us famous restaurants, favorite point, Mal where Malcolm X was shot, different things like that. But then he took us to his neighborhood mm -hmm. and we kept saying, oh my God, we could have lived here. Mm -hmm. We could have lived here. We could have lived on these in one of these beautiful row houses. You could have literally walked to work. And guys, let me tell you something. We got some amazing pictures. It was picturesque. It was beautiful as the fall leaves was coming down. But let me tell you what the thing was. God didn't tell us to be there. It wasn't the plan of God. It wasn't the plan it of God. The, I don't care it how was, the, it wasn't the, the school plan. was thriving. The neighborhood was beautiful. And I was like, oh, wow. Because I remember I told you, I said, the was like, are you sure you don't want this job? And I said, I just can't take that job. I can't. I just could. And it wasn't even just about going to do it. God had said no. And so it don't matter how good it looks. If God says no. And you know what I thought about when you said that? It looks good because I wasn't there. It looks good because I wasn't there. That, 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 it, everything prospered and turned out the way it was supposed to because I did not interfere and take something that didn't belong to me. And how many of us, because something looked good, yep. I made a post the other day and I said, you have to train yourself to obey God even when you think you have other options. Yep. You have to train yourself to obey God. You have to train yourself not to even think you have other options when you've heard God. That's right. That once you have heard God, you confer no longer with flesh and blood. That means your thoughts, your mama thoughts, anybody's thoughts. Once God has given you an instruction, you stick with you stick that with instruction. Right. And if you will live this way, guys, then your progress will have no end. I love this right here because to me, this scripture, this, this series it perfectly ties together what we've been trying to teach all year. 
If you want to be blessed, obey God. Yeah. If you want to increase, obey God. God. If you want to overcome adversity, obey, obey God. God. The people who are telling you that just because you love Jesus, you can have anything you want. They are false teachers. They are not telling you the truth. And what you do, and many of you have lived through it, is that because you went your own way, you created a nightmare that you never should have been in. You never should have been in. I like that. I love what yeah. Ralph said. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, because not only do you interfere with your own life, you interfere with other people's you lives. You interfere because, by being disobedient. Because that wasn't your job. That wasn't mine. That means it was somebody's That's job. That's right. That's right. And so when God told me not to take it, he had already told somebody else to take it or, or orchestrated for them to have it. And so, <laughs> so me doing what God told me not to do would not have only interfere with my own life, but with somebody else's as well. I so, like so think about this. When our man of God gives us a prophetic word and tells us that everybody should make $100,000. And they should. And they should. And you are making $60,000, but you aren't moving toward $100,000. Is it possible that you're sitting in a job like you have, that someone like, like else you have is no desire for? to, Like you have no desire to move there. Yes. Right, right. Is it possible that you're sitting in the job that someone else is praying for? Is it possible that the house that you won't leave because God and God told you to move, that that house belongs to someone else, and now you're operating in theft, and because you're operating in mm. theft, because you're holding on to what God God says doesn't belong mm -hmm. to. Is it possible that you have seed in your checking account right now that doesn't belong to Ooh, you? Because you, you ain't have sold. It, 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 it's you not your seed. Sold. The Lord told you to sow that fifty dollars. Mm. The Lord told you to bless this person. Mm. The Lord told you to send them a Starbucks car. The Lord told you to do it, and you didn't do it. Is it possible that your progress is hindered because you? I have chosen a path that seemeth right, but it is hindering your progress. Because you've closed your hand and made something that wasn't yours, yours. You, you it, Rather than sowing the seed, whatever it is that God has told you to release, you're still holding on to it. And because you're holding on to it, now the thing that God wants to get in your hand can't get in your hand because you won't open and release what you think is so precious to you. Absolutely. This is so good. Right. So we know we won't have to we won't go all the way through this. We'll just recap this. You know that according to Genesis 1 and 28, God has always mm. wanted you to prosper. Mm -hmm. You know that that when God, God wants say God wants me to prosper. God wants God me to wants me. To you prosper. ought to be typing that right now. God, God wants, wants, me, wants to prosper. me to prosper. And I'm going to say this over and over again. As a parent, yes, one of the most disappointing things to me is not to be able to bless one of my children because of their disobedience. Mm. When they're when the resources are there, when the door is open, when it's already in my I, I want to tell y'all this. I want to tell you this. The truth of it is, is that it was already in my heart to buy Canaan a BMW before she asked. Mm. It was already in my heart. Mm. It has always been in my heart to give to my kids at the best level I can. Yes. It has always been in my heart to do. There are times when we have had to withhold things from our kids because they will not get to their set place of obedience. Mm -hmm. Tell your neighbor, say, run to your set place. Mm, run, child. Run to your set run, place. Run, child, run. Why do you want to run to your set place? 
You want to run to your set place because in your set place, your progress has no end. Mm -hmm. In your set place, you subdue. In your set place, you replenish. In your set place, you multiply. In your set place, your increase shall have no end. Mm, I love it. Glory to God. Glory Run to, to God. your set Run to place. Your set place. Run to your set. Stop allowing distractions. Stop allowing your flesh. Stop allowing disobedience to move you out of the mm. progress that should be known on your life. Mm -hmm. All of God's people should know progress. Amen. All of God's people. All of God's people should know progress. And why? Because the Bible says no good thing will he withhold from them that walk upright. So if God's not withholding, we know that every time God gives, it gets better and better. So your life should mirror a limitless type of life as long as you are obeying God and running to your set place. Where's my set place? Wherever God's told me to be. If God tells me to be over here, but tomorrow he tells me to be somewhere else, guess what? I leave that set place. I think about the man of God who, who the Bible says that the ravens brought him food, right? And then when the ravens stopped bringing him food, then the Lord had to send him to someplace else. If he had just stayed by the brook waiting on the, the ravens to bring him food, he'd have starved to death. And some of you are spiritually starving to death. Child, some of you, you are financially preach. starving to death. Some of you haven't gotten a house. Some of you haven't gotten a job. Some of you haven't gotten a relationship. Some of you haven't gotten healed because you won't get up and leave what's familiar and run to your next set place. That's why we say all the time, you got to hear what God has said. And you got to hear what God is saying, saying, because once God has said something and now he's saying something different, you need to be doing the last thing God's told you to do. You know where I think people really, really struggle with this. This is such a good. We're not going to finish this today. We, but this is where I think people really struggle with what you just said right there. I know people right now, people in ministry who because God sent them a place, mm -hmm. they won't leave and go to the next place. Because they're so focused on what God said then that they can't hear what God is saying now. Mm -hmm. Hear me, guys. It is possible that God would send you to Hot Springs for a season yeah. and then send you to Northwest Arkansas. It is, possible. it is possible. God is not stagnant. The Bible says that God doesn't change. That doesn't mean God doesn't have next steps. Yes. It doesn't mean God doesn't have next steps. And so what people will do is they will go, God told me X, and then they won't move. And literally they will be in a place that is drying up. They will be in a place where nothing is happening. And I say this all the time about that brook. Um, Elijah could have prophesied to that brook until he dropped dead. Yep. Wasn't no water coming nope. in that brook because the Lord had told him to move. And many of you, you and think his obedience meant the life or death situation of the woman he was sent to. That's so right. sometimes you're staying in the place where God has told you, you're thinking it's just for you, but it is for you. But it's also, as Pastor Raph has mentioned, for somebody else. It is for somebody else. And many of you think because you've heard these teachings about declarations, mm -hmm. you 
think you can use your declaration to override the will of God. So if God tells you to get a new job and you say, well, I don't really want to get a new job. So I just prophesied that they go increase me right here. Oh Even yeah. if they increase you right there, it's never going to be what God said, because God said your season is up over there. If God says we're your pastors, you can get mad and go wherever you. I said to Pastor Edwin the other day, I said, I have watched, and I don't mean in this ministry, mm -hmm. I mean in the body of Christ. We've been in the body of Christ actively for like 25 years. Mm -hmm. We've been pastoring for 22 mm -hmm. years. And let me tell you what I have studied. That anytime someone leaves a church mm. offended, offended, hear what I'm saying. Anytime someone leaves a church offended. And to be clear, everybody who leaves a church ain't offended. Everybody who leaves a church is not offended. When people leave a church offended, mm -hmm. you can watch within five years they've destroyed their life. Everything they've worked for. In five years, they've destroyed their life. Here, let me give you an example. Let's say you left your church because your pastor um, wasn't living righteous. Your pastor was engaged in something that wasn't righteous. He was abusive. She was abusive. They were having outside sexual relationships. They weren't working. They wouldn't submit. All of these different things, right? And you feel the Lord release you to leave. That's fine. What happens is that many people, when they leave, they take their offense with them. Mm. I'm offended that my pastor did this. I'm offended that they didn't treat me this way. I'm offended that I didn't my get God. to sing on the praise team. I'm offended that they never would let me be over children's ministry. And when I watch people leave and they'll be on social media talking about how free they are and all of this different stuff and you start watching, they'll start cussing more on social media, yep. stuff that they would never do before they'll start doing. And in five years, I have watched it time and time again. They will destroy their lives. Here's the thing. When God releases you to a place, and sometimes he will, yeah. God may release you from a job. You ain't got to leave offended. That's right. You be thankful for the opportunity that you had there. Even if sometimes, I want y'all to hear me. Sometimes in a space, the only thing you get to learn is what not to do to people. Mm. Sometimes in a space, you get to learn what not to do as a leader. Mm -hmm. You get to learn what not to do as a corporation. You take it, you thank God for it, and you move Absolutely. on. Because if you don't, you're going to cap your progress. I want everybody to just lift their hands and say, Lord, I repent for anything I have done that has capped my progress. Mm, Lord, I repent for anything. I repent for I've anything done. that I haven't done that, that has capped cap my, my progress. progress. I give you permission to progress mm -hmm. me. Amen. Amen. Right now, I just want to go to Genesis 2.15 in the Amplified because I want you to see this because you're never going to get away from obedience, whether mm. you're in the new covenant or the old covenant. Mm. The Bible says in Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, mm. but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. Mm. Guys, this is always the principle of the kingdom. Mm. If you eat the fruit, if you disobey, mm. you'll live a limited life. Mm. If you disobey, you'll invite death. But if you obey, you'll live a limitless life. Mm. He literally said to them, you have no limits except for this tree. Mm. If you don't eat this tree, you can have everything here. 
if you eat this tree, even this is going to dry mm -hmm. up from you. Mm -hmm. The principle has never changed from the beginning. He says, if you eat the fruit, if you do the thing I told you not to do, if you won't do the thing that I told you to do, you're going to invite death into your life. And I think it's so important to understand mm -hmm. that a lot of times when a fig tree dies, it looks like it's alive mm -hmm. until it's dead. Wow. Wow. I want y'all to hear me. I want you to hear this, that everything that's dead doesn't look. Here's a great example. Mm. I like to go get floral flowers from this certain mm -hmm. floors. The lady says to me, she says, listen, the moment we cut these flowers, they start they dying. They start to die. The moment we cut these flowers, they start to die. How many of you have ever gotten flowers and they look beautiful? Yep. They look beautiful, but they're already on the path of death. They've been separated from their source. Because they've been separated from their source. Your disobedience separates you from your source. And understand this, the flowers may look pretty. They may even live another five days. Mm. But baby, at some point, their separation is yes. going to show. Yes. At some point, your disobedience is going to show. It, it's the, You'll be in a relationship and God told you not to be in that relationship. And that relationship will look like it's so good and then it'll dry up and die. That job will look like it's so good. You're making more money than you've ever made before, but nobody knows the microaggressions you're dealing with mm, at work, mm. the stress that you're dealing with, that you're always bad. Listen, understand this. You don't want to live your life as cut off flowers. That's right. You don't want to be a pretty bouquet <laughs> that's dying. Wow. You don't want to choose a path wow. that ends in destruction. Wow. You want to stay connected. Mm -hmm. Tell your neighbor, say, stay connected. Stay connected. Make a decision. Stay Somebody, connected. I'll say, we were laughing about this. Stay connected. Somebody asked me one time, they said, recently, people have asked me this a lot in our marriage, but someone asked me, um, how does Pastor Edwin feel when you say that you love God more than you love him? I say, he feel the same way. Like, this is, like, we made a decision a long time ago that if one of us was ever crazy enough to leave the Lord, the other one not follow it. I just don't even understand it how don't anybody, make sense, and I don't, we ain't got to get into it. I just, it. How can you love any person or thing or thing more than you love the creator of them all? I just don't want to, it's baffling to me. I, I, and I don't want you to love me more than you love God because that's automatically setting me up for failure. Facts. I am never going to be to you what God can only be to you. And anybody who puts someone else in that position is really doing them a disservice. They're doing them a disservice. And people think it's a righteous thing to love your kids more than you love God. But the Bible says, Jesus says, he says, no man who loves anything more than me is worthy of my kingdom. All you got to do is read the Old Testament. Look at how many people gave their kid back to God. <laughs> I mean, look how many people gave their kid back to God. You know, you talked about staying connected, right? And I love that you used the illustration of the flowers because I saw somebody comment. It said, that, you know, they, they smell good at first, but over time, especially roses, if they start to die, the smell changes. And then somebody else said they, they end up being dried and crunchy. And that's true. Some of us are walking around living our lives dried and crunchy. Smell like boo-boo. Ain't that what he said in the song? He said roses smell like boo-boo. I, ah! I wasn't going to say that part, but yeah. Ah! <laughs> but then I thought about I thought about the fact that we we always talk about how Solomon is like one of these most, most profound men in the Bible with the words of wisdom. Look at what he says in Proverbs 8. 
in Proverbs chapter eight, uh, I believe it's in the English Standard Bible. Look at what he says. He says, I walk in the way of righteousness, right? In the path of justice, granting an inheritance, because he's talking about wisdom, what wisdom does. Wisdom walks in the way of righteousness, in the path of justice, granting an inheritance to those who what? Love me. Love what? Wisdom. Wisdom. What is wisdom? The word of God. The word of God. God Obeying the word of God. So let's look at this. He says, wisdom, okay, because that's who I is, walk in the way of righteousness. So wisdom is always going to go God's way. It says, in the path of justice, and what does wisdom do? Grants an inheritance to who? To those who love wisdom, right? And doing what? It fills their treasuries. Filling their treasuries. So when you learn to trust and obey God and to follow God, that's the reason you end up living a limitless life because your treasuries are always being filled. That's so good. Every, in fact, it'll get to a place where you'll be like, and I've experienced this, where you go, I don't have a need for nothing. And God will say, no, no, no. I need you to ask me for something. I need you to ask me and for I'm, something. And I've had the conversation where I'm like, God, I don't know what to ask for. And God will say, ask me for X. One of the five things that he told me in, in when I was fasting this last month or so, yeah, I tell you, there were five things that the Lord discussed. And one of them he told me about and I told you about. And I was like, I don't even want I didn't even know I wanted that. He said, and the Lord said, ask me for it. Because and why? Because I need to ask so he can fill my treasury with. It. He says, if you're walking wisdom, you're walking my way. He says, I, wisdom will go around granting you inheritances, things that your, your things your great grandparents never saw come to pass. Then your grandparents, think, your parents, and see, but but they they belong in the family. God says, so you begin to walk in my way. I'll give you what they never saw. I give that inheritance to you. I will fill your treasuries when you walk in wisdom. I was just thinking when you said that. Sometimes we're so filled with the wrong desires. Mm. We are so filled with the thing that we want the way we want it. And this is this is the truth. I was thinking about this a short story. I was getting my nails done before we went to New York. There was a young lady who was sitting at the table beside me. She was 21. We were talking about being married. I said to, to her, I said, are you married? She says, oh, explicit, explicit. No, I'm not. And I laughed and I text you. She said, I'm just 21. I said, when I was 21 years old, if someone had asked me, was I married? I would have said the same thing she mm -hmm. said. At 22, I was, but at 22 and a half, I was married because I met something. I met someone that matched the desire that God had for me. Mm -hmm. But I can remember that because we were so young, I said to my friend Shannon, I just wish he would go away, go away. and come <laughs> back when I, I was, was 27. <laughs> I'm not ready to get I married. I think you might have said 30. I said 27. Oh, 27. Okay. I said 27. Okay. That was my number. Okay. I said, I said, I wish he would go. I'm too young to get married. And Shannon looked me in my face and she said, girl, let me tell you something. She said, if you let this man walk away at 22, at 27, he going to be being good to somebody else. You got snatched up out here. Oh, Shannon, my God. Shannon knew. You know what? I think you're missing you, the point. You need to sow her seed today. You need. I, can y'all pray for him? Anyway, the point is, I didn't know I wanted to be married because I didn't know what a marriage looked like. Mm -hmm. But God knew that I wanted to be married. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because he had put that desire in me. There are those- Even though you were, not, I mean, now I'm saying, there are things that we, that God has given us desires for, but because we haven't seen it or we've seen it wrong, we will then push down that desire. This, that's what I'm trying to say. Yes. That because I had not seen marriage modeled well, yep. I had decided I didn't want any parts of it. But God knew what he had for me, mm -hmm. right? But what God needed for me was to be willing to give up my desire to self-protect, yes. my desire yes. to avoid being injured, yes. to get what he had for me. Mm -hmm. And we were saying to Canaan in New York, I said, I never wanted to be married. I never wanted to have kids. You don't have a friend that can tell you that I was ever want that I ever wanted to be married or ever wanted to have kids. But God has done so exceeding abundantly above with my life. And I said, and I think this is the thing that you need to understand with surrender. You'll never know how good it is until you surrender. That's true. You'll never know. But when you surrender, you will understand it is better than anything you have ever planned. Yeah. It is better than anything you have ever planned. So God is like, I need you to trust me. Even when you don't think you want this thing, I want, I need you to trust me even when you think you do want this thing. And we so believe it that even that, that Canyon was saying, oh, we were at the airport getting ready to come back. And she said, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want kids. I, you know, I, I may want to be, I may want to be married, but I certainly don't want any kids. And she asked the question. She was like, well, are you happy that you have kids? And you were like, well, of course I'm happy I, ha I have kids. And she was like, oh, I would never do that. And you said to her, you said, rather than saying, she, you, you said, I get it. I used to say, I used to feel that way. She said, but rather than saying what you'll never do or what you don't want, how about you just start saying, I want whatever God wants for me. I don't think I want kids, but if God wants me to have kids, then I want kids because I want what God wants for me. Because what happens is so many times we decide what we want for our life. And then when it doesn't match up with what God shows us, it creates this friction. Am I going to go with what I have solidified for myself and say what I'm going to do with my life or I'm going to surrender what I thought I was going to do with my life and surrender to God. And most people find themselves fighting God because they've already predetermined what they are or aren't going to do with their own life that they say belong to God. Is this blessing you? You have decided <laughs> what you are going to do with your life that Did you, you say, say belongs, belongs to God. God. You have decided what you are going, you've decided where you're going to live. You've decided how much money you're going to have. You, you have decided everything. And I was thinking about this, guys, this is so good. I heard somebody say this the other day and I was like, man, I wish I had heard this when our kids were smaller. I do think we try to teach our kids to hear God and obey. But I heard a guy say, a father say, one of the dumbest things a spirit-led believer could ask their kids is what do you want to be when right. you grow up? Right. He said, because what you create in them is a desire yes. that what they want Absolutely. is more important than what they were created yep. for. And he said, so many of us have spent our lives chasing what would never satisfy. Mm -hmm. We spent our life because you, we never really asked God. We just made a decision maybe based on something we like, something we were interested in. But uh, in my case, you know, I've I chased something because I thought it made a lot of money. But those things never fulfill the way it does when you ask God. And then, as we, as we said earlier, run to that set place. Run to that set place. When you run to that set place. And I think my life is such a testimony of this. The life that I have built, 
I was the single rich auntie mm. who lived in the penthouse in a big city and practiced law. Mm. So the first blow to that was when God said, you're not supposed to be a lawyer. Mm. Guys, I was so salty because I thought God was trying to keep something from me because something of immaturity. You had, something you had desired since you were a little girl. Since I had desired since like the second grade. Since the second grade, I had wanted. So understand this, guys. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? So because I decided I wanted to be a lawyer, mm -hmm. I meditated on being a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I built a life in my mind. I built a stronghold about being a lawyer. So when I, and it, can I be honest, guys? It wasn't just that God told me I wasn't supposed to be a lawyer. I despised law school. Mm. But now I'm going to Force myself. Yeah, because you told you told me the second semester of your first year, it just ain't what you wanted to do. I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I don't. I ain't doing this for the rest of my life. And because of my own upbringing, I didn't even say to you, "Well, hey, babe, if this ain't what you want to do, find what you want to do." I, I I was brought up when you start something, you finish it. That's so I kept said. so I kept saying to you, "Well, you're here now. You gotta finish it. <laughs> Another two and a half years. You gotta finish it. You gotta finish it. You know, because again, I was I didn't have that understanding of Ask God what you want to do, right? My thing is once you start something, you finish it. Well, what if you start something and God says do something else? Same thing. And so I didn't even like law school, guys. I remember this now. Now I have context for mm -hmm. this. That in the cases, all I ever wanted to know was why the people did what they did. I didn't care about the rule of law. I didn't care about the evidence that could be admitted. I wanted to know why Mr. Jones stabbed the woman 15 times. That's all I cared what about. Mr. Jones what possessed that? him to do that? What was his thinking feeling like? What was his thinking feeling like? <laughs> when, when he got up and got that knife <laughs> and walked across that room and said, if you say one more word, I'm going to stab you. What was he thinking? What was he thinking? <laughs> That was God indicating to me that he had called me to something else. But I want you to hear this. I have built my reputation on being Ooh, a lawyer. See, I have built. What have you my, built your reputation on? I had built my reputation. Everybody from my hometown knew I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm. Everybody in college. What are they going to think? What are they going to think? I done told everybody I'm going to be a lawyer. Now, hold on this. Now, I don't like law school. I don't. I, let me say this. I don't like the people in law school. <laughs> I don't like the work in law school. I don't like how tedious it is for me to get to the answers because I'm not wired that way. Mm. That's not how God wired me, right? But now I got so much pride because this yeah. is the path that I said I'm going to take. I done told I, everybody. I done told everybody and I don't want to be a failure. See, some of y'all, you engage right now and you done told everybody he the one, but God done already told you don't you get married. You actually know he ain't the you one. You know he ain't the one. But you done, but, but, but you done told everybody that's your boo and y'all was going to get married and y'all done had a whole big old thing posted on Facebook and you done saved the date and sent out invitations, but your heart tell you every night when you go to bed that you know that ain't the person you know that ain't the person and so it took so many years mm. i believe for me to get to my dream job 
because I had to kill the idol of Sean Strickland I had already built. Mm -hmm. Many of you are struggling to say yes to God. There are some people here right now, God has called you to be millionaires. And the reason you haven't stepped into being a millionaire because you are stuck with the idolatrous version of yourself that's just middle class. Now, people talk about imposter syndrome. That's an imposter syndrome. Now, that's right an imposter there, syndrome. Where you, you are literally living out a life that, that, that you know is not what you should be living out. You don't even desire that life that you're living, but you're now tied to it through pride. You don't want. Do anybody you, else you don't, want to you, lay on you the don't floor? Want what someone else? Now, now, you don't now, even want now, it. Now, now, now let me help you. You don't want someone who you don't even really know, like, or respect to think that you have somehow failed. You you putting all this weight on some some folk who who you only talk to insularly on Facebook. Some, you putting all that weight on it rather than just obeying God rather than just that's what the Bible says that it's better to obey God than man it's better to obey God than man why because when I obey God are people going to talk about me yes if you disobey God are people going to talk about you yes <laughs> so you might as well just obey God and so we want you to understand this life of progress. We would do you a disservice if we just give you the scriptures about increase. If we just give you the scriptures about increase. Because there is a methodology to limit to living a limitless life. There is there is a process for that. And it's not just making declaration and saying, "Woo, Lord, I'm next in line to be a millionaire. No. It is literally learning to walk in righteousness, to live according to wisdom, to follow after God and to do things God's way. I want to go to Psalm 78 in the Passion Translation, verse 35. How y'all doing? Is this helping y'all? This Because if we're going to live a life with no limits, we got to tell the truth about how we get there. Yeah. And this is so important. Understand, this is why God was so frustrated mm -hmm. with the children of Israel. God is frustrated with the children of Israel because God made Abraham a promise. Mm. And God's promise for Abraham was that he would take his descendants to the promised mm -hmm. land. They would go into bondage and they would come out in the promised land. Yep. And they fought him every step of the way. Some of you have fought God every step of the way. There are people on this live. You are talented bakers. You are talented makeup artists. And you're still living paycheck to paycheck because you don't, you won't surrender to God and build what he told you to build. There are people you're supposed to be actors. There are people mm. you're supposed to be architects. Mm. There are people you're supposed to live in certain cities. There are neighborhoods you're supposed to live in. There are places you're supposed to be, but you won't tear down this idolatry version you have built of yourself and there are some of you you have said yes to doing what God said but you have capped it you have said I don't need all of that I don't need to do all of that because you don't understand that it's bigger than you and the God was aggravated with the children of Israel because Abraham was his friend and he had made a promise to Abraham about what he would do for his seed and so he raises up Moses to rescue them. 
Moses is built to be a, a deliverer. Yep. How do you know Moses is built to be a deliverer? Because 40 years before he delivers them, he kills somebody for mm -hmm. oppressing one of them. He's built to be a deliverer. They get delivered and they get in the wilderness and they make an 11 day journey. This I'm telling y'all guys, this is the thing that I always think about, about repentance. They make an 11 year journey. 11 day. 11 day journey take four decades. Yep. And finally, God has to say, y'all just go die out here so the next generation can go in. Think about how confused their mind had to be. That it took them 40 years. Mm. They couldn't get, they couldn't, they, they, they could not do in 40 years what should have taken 11 days. Think about the confusion in which they lived under. Mm. Think, think about the discontent that they lived under. Think about think about the, the dysfunction that was happening within families. That, that, Ooh, out, of all, that out of all of those people, nobody could say, "Wait a minute, we've been by this rock before. We saw this rock three years ago. We 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 clearly got to be going in a circle. We've been here, but you know we laugh at them. But how many times you've been here? How many times have you been in the same spot you're in today because you're still not listening to God? How many, how many, how many, ask yourself, look at your own life and ask yourself, how many times have I seen this rock in my life? How many times have I seen this rock? And then you ought to say, I won't see this rock. No I, more. I won't see this rock no more. And I won't die in this That's wilderness. That's right. And I won't. So look at what God says. I'm going to read it out of Pastor Translation. It says, they remembered that God, the mighty one, was their strong protector. Mm -hmm. The hero God who would come to their rescue. But their repentance lasted only as long as mm. they were in danger. You mm. should highlight this. Mm. This is the reason they could not have a life with continual progress. You know what we call that today? What? Jailhouse repentance. Well, thanks. We call that jailhouse repentance. When you go to jail and you repent and you tell the Lord, you know, Lord, I'm so sorry. I ain't going to do that. When I, when I get out, I ain't going to never commit no crime. I ain't going to do this no more. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do that. Their repentance lasted as long as they saw themselves what? In, in danger. danger. So you you sow sacrificially as long as you have just enough or not Ooh. enough. But the moment you get into overflow, mm. you forget that the seed is what got you there. You tithe when you don't have enough. But when you get over having enough, you stop tithing. Because when you don't have enough mm. and you need Listen, the church to help that's you. That's a whole nother message. When you don't have enough and you need the church to help mm -hmm. you, then you're hoping everybody's a tither. Mm -hmm. But now that you make $100,000, I ain't giving all that money to the church. Mm. Even though you benefited off of that off money of that somebody, somebody else off gave. Off of somebody else's obedience. Y'all don't really want to talk about this, y'all. It says, but their repentance mm -hmm. lasted only as long as they were in they danger. They were as long as they were in that, they lied through their teeth mm. to the true cup God of covenant. So they quickly wandered from his promises. That is why they could not live a limitless life mm. because they kept wandering from the promises, following God with their words and not their hearts. Mm -hmm. Their worship was only flatterly. Flattery, but amazingly, God, so full of compassion, so full of compassion. still forgave them. Mm -hmm. I want to stop right here and say, if you see yourself in this, but God, so full of compassion, 
still forgives you. Mm -hmm. He covers your sin with his love, refusing to destroy you. Over and over again, he holds back his anger, restraining his wrath to show them mercy. He knew they were made of dust, frail, fragile, short-lived, here today and gone tomorrow. How many times they rebelled in their desert, this last thing, how they grieved him with their grumblings. Mm -hmm. When I say to the Lord, why would you want me to do that? Why would mm -hmm. you choose that? That's not the best path. I'm grieving him. Look, you, listen, you know this with the kids sometimes. When our kids act like we don't know the details for something, mm -hmm. like that we don't have some plan mm -hmm. about how we go get them what, like it's our first rodeo, that grieves me. Mm -hmm. That That I would not be mindful enough of you mm. to think through all the details mm -hmm. that you would need to have this experience that I have somehow. And what I say to our kids sometimes is that our track record shows, right? Our track record shows. see God's track record is showing. Mm. And, and I'm going to tell you this. If you're saying, well, I can't fully trust God because I didn't have a daddy. I want to call bull crap on that. That's a lie <laughs> that the enemy is telling you because God and your daddy is not the same person. God and your mama is not the same person. God and your ex-husband is not the same person. Mm -hmm. God and your baby daddy is not the same person. Stop judging God by the frailty of other human mm -hmm. beings. So true. Stop that. So but now true. I want to go back to, it says, their disobedience, it angered him, it tempted him, because he's like, I'm trying to be good to you, and you keep selling your soul to sin. Well, and I and I want to look at, okay, just, just think about, no, just think about verse 38. He says, but amazingly, God, so full of compassion, still forgave them. And I need people to know and understand because we kind of talked about this this week too. It's it, this idea that the church has now um, put forth that we should never feel bad. It's just not. It's it's just not healthy. It's not true. If you have been, if you read this scripture and you see yourself in it, you should feel bad. You should. You absolutely. You should feel so bad. That and then should. when you read verse thirty-eight, you ought to feel so. You ought to have so much gratitude that you never want to do what you did to feel bad again. But what happens in the church is that we have created a culture where everybody thinks that anytime you read something or say something and somehow you feel bad about it, then that must not be good. That must not be God. No. Listen, feeling bad about doing wrong is right. <laughs> feeling bad about doing wrong is right. I don't know why people don't get that. You, If you don't feel bad, then you don't repent. It is the reason that he said they only repented when they felt danger. Because danger made them repent, not being godly sorry. So you ought to feel bad when you disobey God and it's a revelation. Wait a minute. I shouldn't have done that. Yes, you ought to feel bad. Not bad enough that you run away from God, but bad enough that you run to God, who as verse 38 says, but amazingly, God is so full of compassion. He will still forgive you. 
and he'll forgive you, but then you ought to have enough sense not to run back like a dog to its vomit and do the same thing over again so that you end up feeling bad again, so you end up having to come back and repent again. God is good to forgive, but we ought not live a life where we got to keep being forgiven for the same thing over and over and over. And I don't know why the church has gotten away from that. I just don't, it just makes no sense. No, I used the illustration the other day. It's not that we don't understand this. It is a deception that the enemy, it's, it's like a virus running mm -hmm. on your computer. The virus running on your computer is keeping your computer from operating in maximum it form. And eventually it's going to corrupt it yes. and it's going to destroy it. Understand this. We understand this. I used the example the other day. I'm going to prove to you that we understand it. If you see me repeatedly cheat on him, you are going to say you don't love him. Yes. That's what you that, don't. Everybody's going to say that. Everybody's going to say yes. If everybody watches you be as good to me as you are to me, and I go out and every time I'm out of town, I'm posted up with some dude. I'm sitting in some dude lap. I'm caught in some situation, and I'm like, well, he know my heart. He know I'm just flesh. His grace is sufficient. Y'all would be messaging him. Some of y'all trying to get in. You would be messaging him saying, Pastor, I think you can do better. Pastor, I think you deserve better than what Pastor. I probably wouldn't be past Sean then. That'd just be Sean. I think <laughs> she, you can do better than what Sean is doing. Sean don't treat you like she's supposed to be treated. Literally, there are some of you that are offended with people over $20. They didn't pay you back 20 years ago, but somehow you have created a God who literally would sacrifice himself to himself because you could not be the sacrifice and you would create a false theology that says to you, you can live however you want to live and call it love. In the words of Elsa from Frozen, let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. They ain't, pay, they ain't paid you back. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Forgive so you can be forgiven. Let it go. Are y'all here? Are you understand what I'm saying? This idea that God is trying to be good to us and the enemy has infiltrated the kingdom with these lies telling people you shouldn't feel conviction. You can live how you want to live. And all that is doing is keeping you from living a limitless life. All that is doing is keeping you contained. Think about this. When is your disobedience ever paid off? Oh man, especially long term. When you, you may think you, you may think it paid off, you know, today or tomorrow or next week, but long term disobedience always catches up with you. When is your disobedience ever paid off, mm. guys? Not long term. And I'm telling you guys, God wants us to live a limitless life. And mm -hmm. I want to use this scripture and then we, you can have whatever. I, this is what God is saying to us. This is what God is saying to us in Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 19. He says, listen closely. Listen up. Lean in, guys. Mm. I have set before you today life and prosperity. Mm -hmm. Good. And death and adversity evil in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk, that is to live each and every day in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his precepts so that you can live 
multiply and that the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering in to possess. Mm -hmm. I want y'all to hold on, guys. God doesn't say, obey me so my ego will be satisfied. Right. God doesn't say, obey me so I can keep being God. God doesn't say, obey me because I don't feel valued if you don't obey me. He says, obey me so you can live. Everybody shout live. live. Obey me so you can live. live. The Zoe life. Yes. Obey me so you can stop existing. Obey me so the desires I put in your heart can be fulfilled. So you can live. live. And then he says, obey me so you can multiply. Yes. Does that not sound like yes. progress? Continual progress. He skipped addition. He said multiply. He skipped addition. He said, obey me so you can live. live. And obey me so you can multiply. Yes. And obey me so you can be empowered in the place I am sending in you. In your set place. Obey me so you can live. Yes, yes, yes Obey yes. me so you can multiply. Mm. Obey me so you can be blessed yes. in the place yes. I'm sending yes. you. Yes. Your progress will have no end. Because your word is exceedingly broad and extends into eternity. His word, it's his word. It's about loving God, which is to love his word. And when you love something, you cherish it, you protect it, you spend time with it. And if you love God, you love his word, God and the word, they're one. Then literally he says to us, he says, listen, I am going to cause you to prosper in ways that you don't even know yet. I haven't even revealed to you all the ways I'm going to prosper you. He says, literally, I'm going to be filling your treasuries. I'm going to be filling your treasuries. I'm going to give you an inheritance. The Bible says that a good father leaves an inheritance to his children's children. He says, listen, I'm going to bless you and your children. The, the scriptures are full of the word of God and how God sees us and what he wants to do for us. We have been called. We have been designed and engineered to live a limitless life. Amen. Let's end with Deuteronomy 4 and 1. Okay. Deuteronomy 4 and 1. It says, Hear now, O Israel, o Israel, the statutes and the ordinances I am teaching you to follow, that you may live, live and may enter and may take possession, possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. It's giving. He has never wanted us to have temporary possession of good spaces. Mm. He has never wanted us to have marriages that are temporarily good. He has never wanted us to have money situations that are temporarily good. He literally wants, he wants to teach you something. He wants to follow you so that you can become a walking billboard of his goodness. And I was just thinking about this. I want to give this testimony because mm. I just, I think as we get ready to give today, man, I'm telling you, the God issue. is gifting us. Great spaces. He's gifting us great spaces. I heard Holy Spirit say that God is giving we receive us that. great spaces. You need to sow into that word. God he is, is gifting, gifting us great, great space. Somebody, you ought, you ought to make that declaration. Listen, I know some of you are, are it's getting late, but listen, you ought to go ahead and make that declaration. God is gifting me great 
spaces. Great spaces. There are places that God is calling you to. And he's gifting. He's gifting them to you. You ain't gonna have, which means you ain't gotta try to work for it. You ain't gotta try to fight for it. God is gifting you great spaces. And God wants to change your life in such a way. God is gifting us great spaces. Yes, He is. He the, he he wants he wants to give us experiences. But I was thinking about this when we were in New York. We got to have this amazing experience, do these things for our kids, things that we had never done before. Um, I'd never been to a Broadway show, right? So me and my kids all go to a Broadway show for the first time together. And But we got to pray for a young lady at the Adidas shop. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't have been in New York to pray for her if I hadn't followed the other instructions, if you hadn't followed the other instructions that allowed us to be able to be in New York in the middle of the week, yeah. right? And I want you to understand this, that God literally wants you to be satisfied. There's a scripture, babe. Do you know, we used to use the scripture all the time that God wants to bring you into a wide open space. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought about when you said mm -hmm. that. Some of you are living these confined lives mm -hmm. and God wants you to bring you into a wide open space. And this is the deception of the enemy. The enemy's deception is that obedience is bondage. Mm -hmm. But obedience is freedom. Mm -hmm. So the enemy wants you to think that your obedience is bondage. God is trying to restrict you. But really your obedience is the key to your limitless living. Mm -hmm. What's that scripture? It's Psalms 18 and 19. Psalms 18 and 19 in the New Living Translation says, he led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. But the one you're thinking about is probably the English Standard Version. It says he brought me out into a broad place. He brought me into a broad place. Do that stretch move again. Stretch. He's bringing you into a mm -hmm. broad place. And I just want to give this testimony because I think it's so important to tell testimonies. You've heard me say this before. Our pastor gave us a word that everybody in our church would make $100,000. I wasn't making $100,000, but I took that word for myself because you challenged me and you said, don't just pray for me to increase and make $200,000. You, you kept praying for me and I was like, you know, hold on a second. That's I'm glad you're praying for me to make $200,000, but the Lord wants you, Sean Strickland, you're included in this word yourself. Amen. Amen. And a lot of times we don't include ourselves. That's why the Me Too is so important to me. We cheer for other people. I spent a lot of time cheering yeah. for you, but I didn't say Me Too. Yeah. And I had to make a decision to say Me Too. Well, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how when I first started going to preach or going to teach, that that was such a big part of my revenue stream. Mm -hmm. And then before the pandemic, at the end of 2019, the Lord said to me, I want you to create a different model. I want you to stop coaching people one-on-one. -on -one. I want you to build a community. And I want to tell you, I didn't want to do any of that. I didn't understand how it worked and it didn't make sense to well, me. Well, really, because it was almost like a 180 for what you were doing. It was. It was like, and before that, he actually had you to stop doing your business and to teach that for the very first time you ever taught healing school. Yes. He, he, he said, take 30 days away from, from your business. Don't touch your business and just do this. And anybody, any entrepreneur knows you, the law of momentum. If you, if you're, if you're creating momentum in a business, the worst thing you can do in the natural is to stop that momentum. It's the law of big mo. You want to keep it going, but obedience outweighs momentum. Obedience outweighs <laughs> because obedience is the ultimate momentum. Yes, yes. It is obedience is the ultimate momentum. So anyway, we were in. Um, so I went back to 
the place, the last place I was before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I was in utter awe of what God had done in my life in two years. Two years. So at the end of my session, I called for them to sow a seed into the first lady of the place, right? And I got this thing in my heart. I don't even know if you know this story because you've been so busy. And I got this thing in my heart. I said, is there anybody here who wants to sow and they don't have any seed? This lady was standing in the line in front and writing. I'm on the stage. She's standing there and she opens her hand and she says, this is all I have to my name is this chain she had in her mm -hmm. hand. I say this to Don. I say, bring me my wallet. I take out $40. I say, sow 20 and keep 20. Mm -hmm. Then that's not all you have. She immediately starts to cry. And I began to think about years ago when I would go to a conference and there was no extra to sow. Mm -hmm. Like literally whatever I had set aside in the, in the offering, that was all it mm -hmm. was because we had to budget to get there, right? So then when I come off the platform, the Lord literally says to me, Give her all the cash on this side of your wallet. I don't know. It's probably $150. He says, give her all the money. I give her the money. She literally just breaks down and starts crying. Other people start to give her money in it, right? She comes after it's over when we're standing up. And she says to me, this changed my life today. Mm. This changed my life today because I know that God saw me. Mm. And I was thinking, here's the progression. Had I not said yes yep. to the things God told me to say yes to, I could have been standing on that stage preaching and not had anything to give her because I'm waiting on a check from them. Mm -hmm. But literally, I could give her all of that and not have any concern about it at all because I obeyed an instruction in 2019 yep. and in 2020 that didn't make sense. But now I'm literally living in a place. And I was saying, I remember when Pastor Cynthia used to say to me, she used to say, Sean. God is going to prosper you in such a way yeah. that it does not matter that the only thing you'll ever have to ask about going to preach is whether it should you go. That's all you'll have to ask. She said, God is going to prosper you in such a way that if they can't put you in a nice hotel, you'll put yourself in a nice hotel. God is going to prosper you in a way that if they can't fly you first class, you'll fly yourself first class. And I didn't understand what she meant. But as I just kept obeying, your progress will have no end. No end. Your progress will have, will have no, no end. limits. And literally, I was thinking about this. The seed that they gave me for preaching, I turned around and sold it yeah. all. Because God wants you to get, I, I want to prophesy this to you, and I need you to sow into this word today right here. Hear what I'm about to say. And you know, and I'm going to keep Go your ahead. thought. I'm just going to say that sometimes this is where people miss it. This is where they miss it. They get excited about the word. Mm -hmm. They love hearing the word. They love hearing the testimonies. But when it comes time for the action, it's where people freeze. It's where they freeze. It's where it's what we call it the choke level test. And most people get choked out when it comes to obeying God where their money's concerned. They absolutely do. It's what stops them from living the limit. Well, Pastor, I'm, I'm obeying God. I'm doing it. Yes, but when it comes to that one thing where you're not trusting God with your resources, you're not trusting God with the thing you deem is important, it's the thing that blocks up everything else. I want y'all to hear this. God changed our life financially because we took one scripture and lived off of yeah. it. In 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, 
It says to decide to be a generous giver. Mm -hmm. And in the Amplified Classic Version, not the new version, it says God is unwilling to, to do, do without or to abandon a, a quick, quick prompt to do giver whose, whose heart is in his giving. And to that <laughs> giver, live that. and to that giver, he will make all grace, grace abound. abound. I'm telling you, that is the scripture that changed it our is. life. When that scripture became real yeah. to us, when we begin to intentionally look to sow every day because yep. we were sowers, that's it. Listen, it is the only scripture I can find. And we did it when it was hard to do. We did it when it was not, hard not to do. when it was easy to do because 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 that's not how you get there. When it was difficult to do, we were doing it because it, the scripture became alive. The scripture became alive to us. That scripture changed our life. That scripture is why God released the contracts to you. Yep. That scripture is why God did what he did in my business. That scripture is why God gave us the investments. Yep. That scripture, because, because it is the only place I can find in scripture, and then I'm going to give you this prophetic word. This is It is the only place I can find in scripture where God says, I'm unwilling. I'm unwilling. To do without you. Unwilling. That if you will become my hands in the earth, mm. If you will become a disperser of my good in the earth, if you will become a distribution center in the earth, I am unwilling to do without you. And man, look at what he's done in two and a half years. And look at what he's done in two and a half years. Mm. We literally, we would sow and he would give an instruction. Yep. He we would sow. We, I, I didn't understand it. The healing school. That he'll, and listen, because it wasn't always we sow and somebody give, give us money back. So we ain't trying to tell you that that's how it worked. That's not how it worked. Sometimes we'd sow, and like you said, he'd give an instruction. Give an idea. He, he, we'd sow, and he'd say, hey, don't pay this. Pay this, and do this, and this, and this. And we follow those instructions, and then things will work out. That will produce revenue, but it wasn't always just somebody giving to us money back. Right. Because I want to speak this to you. You want to get to the point that your harvest ain't depending on cash out. Yeah. That ain't how you supposed right, to live. Right. It's a cool thing that it happens, yeah, yeah, but you were never yeah. supposed to live that your harvest is dependent on cash out. God wants to give you witty inventions. He wants to give you instructions. He wants to give you investments. He wants to make you a disperser of good. He wants to give you streams of income. And I want to prophesy this to you. And I want to prophesy this to you as a me too word. Mm. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Mm. For those of you that will make a decision to obey God, for those of you that will say, I'm all in, I am committed to obey, even when it don't make any sense to me, I want you to hear this. Mm. In a very short time, what you make in a year, you will make in a month. Oh, I received that. What you make in a year, mm. you will make in a month. Mm. What you make in a year, you will make in a month. It may and seem big, but you just got to, you, you, you can't, Think of it like how's it? You just gotta receive that. And I'm gonna tell you, you that I know the anointing is there. I know the anointing is there because we now make in a month what we used to make yeah. in a year. And you need to hear that other people do it. You need to hear that other people do it. 
And we do it doing the thing God created us to do. And there are those of you, you're going to sow a seed and God is going to begin to speak to you. And he's going to give you instructions about that business. He's going to give you instructions about creating that course. He's going to give you instructions. And those instructions are going to lead you. And I want to say this too. And we make it with no hustle. Mm -hmm. Not hustling nobody. We don't, I mean, we, we don't hustle. We don't grind. Oh, no, I mean that hustle. We don't know. No, I mean, no, I mean no, like, like, I ain't cheating nobody. Not scammers. Oh. Not, not Atlanta scammers. <laughs> we, we make it. We make it almost effortlessly because we just kept passing the test. We don't toil for it. Yeah, the work that we're doing in, in the work that we're doing now is not toil. It's not toil. It's enjoyable. It's not toil. And you say, but why does that really matter? the amount of things we've been able to set up for our legacy and the amount of things we've been able to do for other people. As Biggie said before, it was all a dream. Yeah. Now it's a reality. And I believe if you are a covenant partner with us, the same grace, same anointing, the same yep. anointing is on your life to do what we do but you got to obey what God I is telling you, can, you to I, do. I tell people all the time, you ought to be, you know, I know that as, as the head go, they should, look, come on, exceed us. I, I'm I'm happy to allow my my ceiling to be your floor. Like go further, go faster, do obey God in every way. I, you know, it, it's, I want everybody to win. I want everybody to I win. I want everybody to win. I want everybody to win. Guys, if you feel like you need to rededicate your life today, go ahead and do that because what does it profit you to gain all this increase and end up in hell? Don't do it, friend. You don't, don't want do to do friend. that. Don't do it. Listen, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, I need to be filled because I got to hear these instructions. I can't just be out here living however it is I'm living. I need to be filled with your spirit. I need you to tell me what to do. And if you want to be a partner of this ministry. And it's a great ministry. It's a great ministry. And I'm telling you, there. listen. In a very short time, what you make in a year, you will make in a month. Same anointing, same God. He'll if He did it for us. And if, if He if it scares you, that's good because you know it's got to be God because you can't do it on your own. Because you know you can't do it on your own. <laughs> you know you can't do it on your own. So don't 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 let the oh, oh my God take you out. Just just receive it. Say God, I received it. I receive it. I, give me the give me the instructions to follow. I receive it. And so, and I think the prophetic words are so important because I can remember when people started prophesying into me that I was going to have that kind of increase. And at that time, I thought all the increase was going to come through you. Mm. I thought it was all going to come through you. And the Lord was like, no, I have increase for you too. So God has increase for you too, but you got to do it his way. And the Bible says- the And that's a good word for what? people out there who are married, you know, and maybe you're a stay-at-home dad or you're a stay-at-home mom and you're thinking, well, you know, I don't do it. Listen, God is not limited. God is limitless. So it doesn't matter what your current situation, you can receive this word no matter what your situation is. You know, when you're talking about how, you know, if you're if you're a married woman out there or, and, and your husband works and you don't, you, it doesn't just have to be, well, Lord, let me, God can give you ideas. God can give you ways that while you're home, the pandemic has proven that, has that, proven that, that there's that. millions of ways that you can be a six figure earner aside from your spouse. 
whether they're male, female, whatever, whatever the situation, you're stay-at-home dad, stay-at-home, or whatever it is, you don't have to depend on someone else. You can depend on God, and God can prosper you too. Absolutely. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. It addeth. And addeth no, no sorrow. No sorrow And to that's it. what we want all of you to live. We want you to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. We want your marriage to be blessed, your family to be blessed, your body to be blessed, your mind to be blessed, your resources to be blessed. Mm -hmm. That is the will of God for your life. And we want to thank you for hanging out with us and coming back. And we want to encourage you this week when you're praying, you're, you need to be praying, God, show me the ideas. And the people that God has given ideas, do the ideas. Yeah. Do the idea. And then the the next the huddle next, next Sunday. Sunday. Yep. Next Sunday. Living next in. Sunday. Next Sunday. Next Sunday gonna be a Sunday of increase and limitless living. And we mm -hmm. glad to have you in the place. Listen, if you missed the last huddle, you don't want to miss this one. It just keeps it, 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 it's like progress. It just keeps getting better. Every time we get together, it just gets better and better. I like what Chris said this morning when she was on the broadcast. We have a plan. For what's gonna happen, but we 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 just the players though. The coach may call an audible. So whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do on that Sunday, we just obey, we just obey Holy Spirit. Well, amen. It's gonna be great. We'll see y'all. Y'all have a great day. Listen, share this broadcast with somebody as we end up end up. I want you to put this in the comments. My progress shall have no end. My progress. My progress. Come on, 67 of y'all on here. My progress shall have no end. You can practice obedience by typing that right now before you click off. That's My your first step of obedience. My progress shall have <laughs> no end. Amen. Amen. I'm All typing, right. I'm typing. Hold on. I'm typing. My now. progress. I'm <laughs> let me type it too. It's going to show up as a church name. Mine won't. Okay. My progress <laughs> shall have no end, period. My progress shall have no end. You ought to preach this to somebody this week. Including you yourself. Be, including yourself. <laughs> My progress shall have no end. Rashada, I want to say this to you. There are people all over the world. When we went to a restaurant called the Red Rooster, mm -hmm. Rashada, because she's an artist. Okay. She won our covenant partner. She's an artist. We went to a restaurant. Oh, yeah. And there were, we got to go downstairs where they had this private thing and they had these paintings on the wall. Rashad, I want you to receive this. And the, they said that the guy who used to bring the paintings, he was a local artist, was just from a local artist from ha Harlem. And he yep. used to switch them out. And now each, I think they had five of them. They, it, was, it, was, it was five of them on, on, on the wall. They had five of them on the wall. And his paintings are now selling for three hundred thousand dollars a Each. painting. And three. he think about that. He used to make. He used to do a painting, and he asked them, "Can I hang it here? Can I hang it here so someone can see it?" And now those paintings go for three hundred thousand dollars a piece. Three hundred thousand dollars. It was five. It was five year five. Pounds. Five three hundred thousand dollars piece. I need you to understand, guys. And I know some of you may want to go, but some of you are pulling on this. I need you to understand. Whatever God has called you to do, there is wealth attached to it. Ooh. Whatever God can, has called. Can, can I type that? <laughs> whatever God has called whatever you to do, God. there is the lie of the enemy is that you can oh, only man. have wealth. In certain yeah, things, whatever God has called you to do, hey, there is wealth 
attached yeah. to it. And I was saying to them, I was saying, listen, it's two anointings I can feel drop on me. And one of them I used to run from all the time was the wealth anointing mm. because I never, I didn't understand how God was going to take somebody who thought they was going to be a successful rich attorney and then send them home to be a, a preacher <laughs> and a stay at home mom stay at home and a stay at home mom and how that was going to work. But I'm telling you, I can feel, I said it to Inner Circle, I think on Monday, I can feel when the anointing for wealth drops on me and when literally God anoints me to be able to release wealth to his mm. people. And I'm telling you, it is on me right now. Mm. And that's what I believe is going to happen next week. I believe that next week there is going to be a release of wealth on the people of God, because yes, you need help, but you also need wealth. And God has not withheld any good thing mm. for us. Whatever God has called Whatever. me, baby, if God called me to make shoestrings, I'll make million dollars making shoestrings. Whatever God has called me to do, there is wealth attached to it. And here's the funny thing: uh, I think I think we were together when this happened. When were we together when we when we were heard the story about the person who created the little things to go on the crops? Remember we heard oh, this yeah. story? Uh -huh. So so we so basically this is I don't know if y'all know this. I'm sure most people understand that you can they they buy these little things to go on crops. There's these little emblems or whatever. But the way that got started was there was a young girl and her grandmother and they used to make crafts and they started making these little things that went inside of oh, her, her crops. That, that's all it was. They made them in a shop. They were on vacation and they were in the same place where the CEO of the company that was over crops saw it. He asked the girl where she got them from. And the little girl, you know, obviously she didn't know the man, so she went to her grandmother. The man introduced himself. They started talking, and the, and the guy was like, I'm the CEO of this company. Where did you get these from? We don't make these. And she was like, oh, me and my granddaughter, this is what we do during the summer. We make these. Anyway, long story short, that woman was a retired school teacher, and her granddaughter, they ended up selling the original idea for over $20 million to the Crocs company. Because of something they were doing for fun. There are millions of ways that God will get wealth into your hand because you said, babe, whatever God has called you to do has what? Wealth, wealth attached, attached to it. So you out here minimizing your idea because somebody else make cookies. You out here minimizing your idea because somebody else make roles and you don't even understand that there is an anointing on you that gives you a supernatural advantage. And that if you can see anybody in the world who's done it, especially here, what I'm about to say, if you've seen a heathen prosperity, you can certainly prosperity. And sometimes God will give you something ain't nobody done yet. Amen. He'll give you something he ain't, he had, he ain't released it to nobody but you. It's your season. A great progress. It is. Take your progress. It is. Take your progress. Your progress shall have no end. Your progress shall have no end. Listen, I'm going to get on out of here and <laughs> preach about this. But we preach a whole nother But listen, message. let me tell you something, though. But I love these people right here. Yeah, they you stay. see these people yeah. staying? Mm -hmm. These people are staying because they know God has more for them. Mm -hmm. So whatever you've been holding on so tight to fighting to keep it, you ain't got to fight to keep that. Yeah. What God has for you cannot be stopped. Mm -hmm. If you obey God, they can't stop they can't stop you. They can't stop. They can't stop you. All right. I love y'all. We really about to go. <laughs> Listen, don't forget, past appreciation, 
if you haven't sent a shout out, you haven't sent a, a, a word to Pastor Ralph, let him know you appreciate it. You didn't do it for Pastor Chris. You haven't done it for Pastor Nietzsche. You haven't done it for Minister Chandra. Let them know this week you appreciate them, okay? We could not do ministry without them. We could not. We just could not. It wouldn't look like this. It wouldn't feel like this. It wouldn't be as blessed. And so we want to make sure that you guys are taking the time to acknowledge them uh, and just tell them thank you because they do so much of what you know and also so much of what you don't ever even get to know. All right. We love y'all. Have a great week. My progress shall have no end. Be blessed. Be blessed.